Is it that you got a bunch of hard no's? Like, no, this is not going to be a career path you can pursue. Or is it that you're stuck in your own way and you are creating all of this resistance Mm -hmm. that's stopping you from just pursuing it? Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. (laughs) And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward Copeland. I don't understand why we have to keep telling people our names, but... I'll go with it because you know what? You need a new intro or something. You say that like every other episode and now it's like 187. You're still complaining about the same thing. Complain about something different, sir. I am not complaining. I'm stating my feelings. What's the difference between a complaint and... I think a complaint is something you, you do like I'm, over and over. I'm notifying you. I've already been notified of this for the last 800 episodes. Can I speak to your manager, please? No. <laughs> She's not available. <laughs> she has put me in charge. I have a what in the world. Go ahead. Do you have a what in the world? Of course. I don't know. I'm still mulling it over. I think your what in the world is probably the same as my what in the world. So I'll start it off and then you can chime in. Okay, go ahead. Last week. Our dryer wasn't working. Yep. And um, that was this week. No, it was the oh, yeah, past the, week. Yeah, okay, that's right. And we called Best Buy because we bought it from Best Buy right. only to find out that whatever they hustled us for two years ago, total protection, something. Yeah, that expired. And so we no longer have warranties on any appliance in our house. Well, that's Dang. an issue. Whatever. It is what it is. Send somebody out. I can't wash laundry, can't do clothes, can't dry my clothes, right? Right. So the laundry's piling up. Finally, Best Buy says that they can come out a week later. Okay, I'll sit here patiently, whatever. Now I have to pay for it. So they come and run a full diagnostic. And the guy says, "Uh, there's nothing wrong with your dryer, but I did test your gas line. And your gas line has no pressure and there's no gas coming to the gas line. So you need to call a plumber or you need to call a gas company. And I said, well, it's Saturday afternoon, almost evening. There's not going to be really anyone from, you know, the gas company or a plumber that can come. But what do I do? And he said, call the gas company and they're probably going to tell you that they can't come out for like a a week or two. Tell them that you smell gas because you do smell gas. There's gas in here now. And I was like, "Okay." So sure enough, there's a prompt on the gas company you know, line when you call and it says if it's an emergency and you smell gas, press one. Right. So I did. And within like an hour, they come out. Yeah. And the guy comes and I tell him, you know, hey, this is the gas line. He said, oh, so it was disconnected. I said, well, yeah, because I'm having a problem with my dryer. He immediately is like the kind of guy he says, oh, well, I can't move your dryer. We're not supposed to move appliances. Okay. Let me move the dryer for you. Yeah. Like he was just one of those guys like, uh, I'm here to do the most minimal thing that I possibly can. My question is, is was he going to sit there and go, just schedule another time to come out once you move the dryer? Yeah, he said that. <laughs> he said, you know, usually these things should be pulled out. Usually? Really? Because I've called the gas company many times when I had the bakery and they never made me pull my oven out. Right. right? So I said, well, don't go anywhere. I'll move it for you. So yeah. I proceed to move it right in front of him while he's watching me. Just literally had the demeanor of like, "Mm, I'm here to do as minimal, as little as possible. That's not my job. That's not my job mentality, which is something we both despise, right? Right. So I'm annoyed by him. Mind you, a dryer is not that heavy. No. Like, not compared to the washing machine. Your washing machine. I moved both of them. I moved the washing machine and the dryer. The dryer is pretty light. Yeah. You know, it's not like a, you know, moving refrigerator. Well, the problem is, is, you know, your gas hose is too short. Like the the dryer should be over there. You should get this replumbed. And I said, okay, well, I'm not going to do that today. I'm asking you, I asked you to come here because there's no gas coming to 
my gas line that goes to my dryer, which is why my dryer is not working. Right. He goes, okay, give me a couple minutes and I'm going to go uh, check your meter. So he goes, checks my meter, comes back about 10 minutes later and he's got all this paperwork. He's holding his tools like he fixed whatever and he's getting ready to leave. So I go out. I'm excited. Like, okay, he got it all fixed out. He goes, uh, this is the paperwork to let you know that I've turned off your gas. And... Um, you won't be able to use your gas until you figure out what's wrong with your gas line, but you potentially could have a leak. So when you call a plumber and they figure it out, then you can make an appointment and schedule for the gas company to come back out and turn it on. Right. Mind you, it's raining like cats and dogs during this time. It's cold, right? I said, wait, I'm sorry. You turned it off already? He goes, yeah, I've already tagged your meter. It's off. You mm. officially no longer have gas coming to your home. I said, okay, so it's 630 at night. On a Saturday night, you turned my gas off, but you can't tell me why. He said, well, your meter looks okay. And if you're telling me that there's no gas that's going to your garage, but it looks like it is going, right? then that means you're probably sitting on top of like a bomber. You could be. And so just out of a safety precaution, I turned it off for you until you figure it out. Seems intentional. I was like, Seems like wow, the, the, the grift you is did on. me dirty. Yeah. So here's the thing. I wanted to like punch him in his face at that point. I said, so you expect me to get through like the whole tonight with no heat now. I can't take a shower. We ha can't turn on our stove, like literally nothing. And he goes, yeah, these things are unfortunate. I said, okay. <laughs> you, <laughs> so think, you think it's unfortunate? What am I supposed to do at Saturday, on right. a Saturday night at 6.30 p.m.? He goes, well, there are plumbers that will come out and do a 24-hour house call, but it's going to cost you. And he like looked at me like, bitch, I know what you did. Like you tried to get us out here because you mm. said you had a leak. And immediately as mad as I was at him, I was more mad at myself. <laughs> I was like, I can't even be mad at him because right. ultimately you try to cheat the system, right? Right. So I called you and I was like, we have no gas. <laughs> do we leave? We can't take hot showers. We can't do anything. So then I spent the next 30 minutes trying to find an emergency plumber to come out. So long story short, Sunday morning, a plumber comes out. We survive one night well, without mind gas. You, when you told me that we didn't have any gas, for whatever reason, my intelligence left me. Okay. Because immediately I was like, ugh. A refrigerator, is good. all the food's going to go bad. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> like, you start thinking of things that, like, have nothing to do with gas that uh -huh. may be affected by gas. I was like, oh, my God. Like, oh, so many things are going to go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, I was like, oh, that doesn't work off gas. Yeah. Oh, yeah that doesn't work off gas. That's so, so funny because I was joking. I said, well, good luck opening the, you know, garage gate when you yeah. get in. It's not going to work. You probably thought I was for real. I was, I was like, like, oh, Don't. shit. <laughs> Oh, my God. So anyway, Sunday, a plumber comes out. And can I just say a thousand dollars later, he says there's no leak. There's nothing nothing wrong. was wrong. There was no obstruction. No, nothing. The gas line just needed to be turned on. So first of all, the plumber gets here and he goes, well, how am I supposed to test your gas line if you have no gas? Okay, so what do we do? So that was a little frustrating. But that's like, you know, like I'm sure he's gone to houses where they've turned off the gas before yeah. for something similar. So like what bothered me about the guy coming, like he said, yeah, for me to check everything, mm -hmm. it's going to be $600. And mm -hmm. I was like, $600. Okay. I'm thinking, you know, when they come out and say it's $100 for this, we apply it to whatever your repair is. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, so like the $600 goes towards whatever you need to repair. He mm -hmm. goes, no, the $600 is just for me to check. Right. And I stood there like, you about to say, I'm just joking, right? He has a skill that you don't possess. <laughs> right. <laughs> Does he? Yeah. Because I, I just saw him go like. You he, literally don't I know have, how to check I, a gas yeah. line. I wish I would have watched him because mm -hmm. on, uh, yeah. on my days off, I'm just going to go around around <laughs> houses and just like, yeah, you need a gas line checked out? Yep. $600. Yep. Yeah. So $1,000 later, he finally gives us permission to call the gas company and say, hey, A-okay, everything's clear. The gas guy comes back out, turns it back on, and here we are. So huge <laughs> inconvenience. Are. Why we did don't, it have to be turned off? We don't off? even know what Nothing the problem happened. was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so so that's my what in the world, $1,000 Maybe later. the gas company and the plumbing company. They're in are, cahoots. They're in cahoots. They're like, you know what? We need to step things up. Yeah. Right? And mind you, 
we were both calling these 24-7, and they were not 24-7. No. Right? They were like, oh, we'll get back to you on Monday. Wait, your Google account <laughs> says that you are 24 hours. Right. Yeah, you are yeah, fraudulent. we only work Monday through Friday. Right. Okay, change your Google account right. then. 100%. Anyway, so that's my what in the world. And we just had to move past it. Yeah. It's just one of those things. Comes with being a homeowner and, yeah. and now the bigger issue, my bigger what in the world is I have no warranties on any of my appliances in my entire kitchen, garage, nothing. And we we got swindled by yeah. Best Buy. Yeah. I don't even understand. Like we we got uh, whatever. Whatever it, it is they sold us like two years ago. They don't sell it anymore. Oh, and, really? And they we didn't renew it, I guess, when the two year mark came. So then it just expires everything and you can never get it back. Damn, the hustle is real. So like we built cabinets around our refrigerator, around right. the oven. So what the hell? Like I don't just want it replaced. I want it fixed if right. we need it. So right. so yeah, if you have any uh, suggestions <laughs> for how to get warranties on shit, let us know. Anyways, today we wanted to talk about the fact that it's never too late and you're not too old. Right. Yesterday, I finished working out and my gym's right next door to Sprouts. And I go in and the girl was making conversation, uh, the cashier. And I said, oh, yeah, I just finished working out. And I don't know. She said something. Oh, she was asking me these sweet potato uh, treats that I buy for you. Yeah. Churro sweet potato puffs. The best, the best thing. She on the said, planet. "Are these good?" I said, "Yeah, that's why I'm buying ten bags of them." <laughs> we try not to tell people when things are good because then mind, you'll buy them too. Mind you, I was at the store before you buying you six bought, bags. Oh God! So um, she started laughing. I said, "Yeah, my husband eats them because they're like sugar free." And she goes, "Oh, is he really fit?" I said, "Yeah, he is. It kind of pisses me off." <laughs> You know, so I can't have these delicious treats. He can have them, though. And she said, do you guys work out together? So she starts asking yeah. questions. I don't know how it turned into like a four minute conversation where she was like, I'm 27 years old. I feel like I've missed the ball. I'm working two jobs. I don't know what to do about my finances. I want to buy a house. I want to be having like a better career. Right. And I said, oh, you should listen to the Push podcast. Right, right. So this is for her. Like oh, this, okay. I said, just to let you know, you're 27 years old. When we were about 30, we hit the worst financial time of our whole right. lives. We also had three children. You have no children, so you're in good shape. And it's not too late to pick up a book and start reading and figure out how to learn about money. Yeah. And so she was really uh, thankful and she's probably listening to this episode. So shout That's out awesome. to you, girlfriend. <laughs> Her name was Jessica. Oh, yeah. we, we know a not lot my of sister. No, not but, your sister. Yeah. But so, that's interesting. Like her perspective was I'm 27 and I missed the, the ball or I missed the boat, whatever right. that may be. And like we all have like a relative perspective of what is old, what mm -hmm. where we should be based on the age that we are, we are yeah. at right now. Uh, and it's a very interesting thing because it seems like your age should not be the barometer of whether or not you should do something or not. Well, your age, your bank account, like where you go to work every day, those things are pretty good barometers. What do you mean? Well, what I'm saying if I'm 20, if like, I think we, we, we lack perspective, meaning that if I say I'm 27 years old and I'm missing the boat and I had, and I, and I, these things I feel like are passing me by mm -hmm. and you respond with saying, Hey, well, when we I was 30, at 30, we had the biggest setback mm -hmm. in our life and then we able to make a comeback like that perspective shifts. And so whether you're and, I, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, but I think age is not a, a really great measurement of where you should be as far as your success or where you should be in life. Now, I know where you're going with this, yeah. but to play devil's advocate, okay, I mean, this episode is about you're not too old and right. it's not too late, but to play devil's advocate with what you're saying, there are some people in our family that need to grow up. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And so age does play a part. Would you agree? I think that there is an expectation that how you should be operating in the world. Now, I want to I want to make a distinction. There's a difference between how you behave and how you approach life based on your age, mm -hmm. because you should be learning from your experiences. So if you're getting close to 30, 40, 50 years old and you're still making the same mistakes as you did at, you know, at later at younger ages at 18. Right. Then that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Right. But I think that when you look about where you are, you're exactly where you're supposed to be, right? Right, Based on whatever decisions you made in life. 
But I think that how you behave, there's there's something to be said about your age. If you see someone that's 50 years old and they're behaving in a way that they feel like they got forever to get it together, mm -hmm. then that's a problem. Yeah, just, I mean, just to let you viewers know, there's lots of people that we want to refer to, like stories and stuff, but we often can't because we don't want to like expose some of the people oh, in our coming. lives. It's coming. But oh, Eddie no. wants to do it. I'm just going to name names. No, I'm just gonna yeah. <laughs> but there was an episode we did a couple weeks ago that was about like, if you're not learning from your struggles, like why hard times don't always teach you the lessons right. that you need. This kind of ties into some of that, <laughs> right? So moving on, the other reason I wanted to talk about this is because I have some girlfriends, like we're in our 40s now, that might be a little discouraged about finding love. Yeah. And so we've been kind of like talking lately and I'm like, okay, I'm dead. What do you do? Yeah. Like what's Where's the first place you find love? And he's like, I'm not going to be able to get over you. Okay, you're <laughs> over me. It's been a couple years. Like whatever, you're ready to move on, right? Yeah. Sidebar, we're watching this really cool show called Shrinking. Right, yeah. And it's about these three therapists. Um, It's on Apple TV. Really freaking funny. Me, Eddie, and Jordan have right. been literally laughing out loud. And that's a great, uh, like the dad's ready to move on, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. So I've told you, you have to move on. Where do you find someone? Where do I find someone? I guess I would have to go online. Yeah. So we yeah. agreed online dating right. in 2023 is yeah. probably where you're going to find some people. Yeah, because I think you can get yourself in, in weird situations if you're just like picking up on people on the streets and yeah. stuff like that. Catcalling. Woo! Yeah, so that that's tough. But the thing is, it's like, I think the hard part is as you get older, the circles that you you're in they start to, you know, find love, get mm -hmm. married, you know, have kids and all these different things where when you're younger, they're more likely you're going to find people that are single. Right. right? You have it's, a friend that knows a friend. Right. Yeah. And so, but the reality is statistically, there's just as many single people of your age as there are young people. Mm -hmm. Right. If you look in, like you say, your 20s or something like mm -hmm. that. Right. Which is hard to fathom. Yeah. You know, because well, if I have a friend that's got a list, she's like, okay, he can't be married, obviously. Right. I don't want like young kids, don't want to be a stepmom, don't want to have to teach someone about money, don't want a crazy baby mama. These are all like very reasonable standards. <laughs> right. But for some reason, like at 40, 45, I think it people have that they're under the impression that it's a lot harder to find someone who doesn't have kids or baby mama drama or yeah. something that has happened. What do you think is the biggest like hang up out of all those things? Like like what's a root cause for someone to feel like they're not going to find love as they get older? Mm, I feel like somehow you've let yourself lose hope. You okay. You just like you don't believe that it's out there. So I do think like my friend is manifesting mm -hmm. this, right? Like I tell her all the time like I have friends that are getting married right now who have met their soulmates online. Like my sister, Richland and Mitchell met online. They're married now expecting their first child. So if you would have been online on these dating apps like years ago, you might be married by now too, right? So I, my cousin yeah. Reed met his, you know, soulmate on, I don't know if it's match or whatever, but right. I have, I have more experience knowing that there's been more success than there has been crazy. Like, I don't know. I think she thinks she's going to get kidnapped or stolen or something like that. Yeah. Catfished. Yeah. And, no. And, and, that's, and that probably comes from not seeing and not being around people that, that have had success. Mm -hmm. I think to me, what I thought would be the hardest thing is if you died and I was ready to move over, which would never happen. I would just, you know, oh sit in a four corner room and just mm -hmm. stay there for the rest of my life. But... um <laughs> I would, like I mentioned to you, I said, I would be looking for qualities that you possess, but a lot of those qualities we grew together to have together, mm -hmm. right? And so a lot of the boxes got checked as years got went on. Right. And I would be fearful that, I don't, I don't know if fear is the right word, but I would be thinking, I'm not going to find anyone to check these boxes. Mm -hmm. And so it will result in me settling for something that for a short term would be okay for me. Yeah. Right. And so it would change how I would pursue, mm -hmm. right? Or what type of commitments I would have. Mm. And so I think that that's tough. But maybe if, if I died, you'd just be a player. No, I, that would, 
at 40 years old, where am I going? You're more than 40, let me be real. But, wow, and I'm not dying this year. So <laughs> when I die, you'll be older than that. No, that would mean not, I don't have time for that. Like, no, I know you don't have time for that. But if I'm not here, you have nothing but time. No, but just what I'm saying is, is that it, it, I think we talked about this. I think men, as they get older, and if they had a long term relationship and something happened or the relationship ended, like, they change their standards mm -hmm. because they think, okay, well, I'm not going to find the complete woman anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe I will go with a younger woman. Maybe I will go with someone that's mm -hmm. just attractive because I'm not going to get all these other elements. Yeah. Right? So I think that's one thing. You said you think men will say, oh, I don't want to deal with the headache. I just want to get something simple. Yeah. This easy. is why they're like, okay, I'm in my 40s. I'll date a 24-year-old. She's simple, easy. I don't really have to, like, she's not nagging me. It's like a hot, cute trophy girlfriend, right? right. right? Whereas for women, I think it's a little difficult because as we get older, we're looking for someone who's established, someone who doesn't have young kids, who's not cheating on their wife. Right. Like, there are more boxes that need to be checked because I don't – it's not often that you'll see a woman in her 40s entering her 50s, let's say, and she's like, oh, yeah, he's hot. And it's her right. kid's 24-year-old friend. Right. Like That's not usually happening. Right. Anyways, so, there's yeah. a couple things. We want to talk about the fact that you're not too old. It's not too late when it comes to your career, mm -hmm. starting a new skill, starting a business, pursuing new dreams and passions, and then also finding love, which we're already kind of talking about Looking right now. Looking love in all the wrong places. I'm sorry, what? Looking what? Looking for love. Looking what? <laughs> looking for love. It's looking for love. No, but it's the Saturday Night Live edition. What? It's Eddie Murphy goes, looking for love in all the wrong places. Oh, you did that on purpose? Yes. Oh, okay. my God, people. Well, we were playing that game the other night where you're supposed to, like, what lyric did you think it was? Oh, okay, and okay. Then, okay, so you threw me off. <laughs> let's pull you back. So let's talk about the fact that it's not too late to change your career path. I have a friend who we have brought on before. Her name is Goli uh, Kalkaran, and she has right. a podcast called How to Be a Quitter. She spent her whole life trying to become an attorney. Her mom was an attorney, um, practiced for many years, and then decided, you know, I'm going to get married, have kids, whatever, and just woke up one day and said, I hate this. I don't want to yeah. do this anymore. But she stayed for several years because she'd worked so hard to get into that career and thought that that would mean like she wasted all this time, all this money. She's letting people down. What am I going to do now if I don't want to be an attorney? And so she shares with people how to be a quitter. Yeah. Um, especially when you've got like things like status writing on something that you've worked so hard for, like you are required to make this type of money now, or everyone has these expectations of you. Maybe your parents paid for your college. So go check out her podcast. It's called How to Be a Quitter. But there's also tons of stories of people who've successfully changed their careers like later in life. Um, and so I wanted to share a couple. Number okay. one, Vera Wang. Did you know she used to be an Olympic figure skater? No, that's crazy. Yeah. So after failing to make, well, she was a, a figure skater. After failing to make it on the U.S. Olympic figure skating team, she then started a fashion career at the age of 40. She went on to open her first bridal boutique in New York in 1990. And then since then has become like a highly renowned, successful fashion designer. Didn't start getting into fashion until her 40s. Yeah, and that's interesting because, like, you know, I think people would say that they don't change careers when they're in their 40s because mm -hmm. of, of ageism, yeah. right? They feel like like if you interview or if you put yourself out there, people are expecting the young and up-and-coming person mm -hmm. to enter a new stage in their life. And to see you in your 40s or your 50s, they feel like they're working uphill, like someone's yeah. going to judge them. So like I think that that's a, it's a powerful thing because you know and I know like if you're getting into design like you are constantly putting yourself out there like you are like you are the face of whatever you're creating mm -hmm. and then people are are looking at you and then giving your your items or whatever you create an opportunity right. or a chance right but and if so, you're in your 40s you're probably not the one modeling your bridal gowns right right so not necessarily do you have to be the face of it. But let me That's ask true. you this. You're in your 40s now. Yeah. Do you feel like if you were forced to pivot and kind of change uh, career paths or, um, yeah, professions, 
what are some reasons why? Because I don't think you'd be worried to do that. Right. Am I right? Where I wouldn't be worried. No. So what is what do you think is the number one reason why you wouldn't be worried? Whereas some other people think like, I'm too old for this. I've been doing this my whole life. I'm not even experienced in this industry. Who am I to think that I can yeah. do this? Why would I find success this late in life? What's your one reason? The first thing I would say is because I believe to be a, my, for myself to be a lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. Right. And so because I constantly am like learning flexibility like i'm I'm able to change my mind see things differently and what they say neuroplasticity in a sense where i can learn something new and it be refreshing and it not feel like i'm like unlearning something in the process Mm -hmm. so i think that's that's where i would start to say and then also i i think i view failure in the same realm as learning right mm-hmm. so i'm not afraid for something not to work cuz I, I i find challenge in that right? right things that are hard i'm like i'm like i find a way to get energy around yep. it and be charged by it and not be in a de- defeated mode where yeah. i feel like oh my god i i messed up on this and so there's no way that i'm going to be able to overcome it right another one another example samuel l jackson Oh, I love that. Did you know that he struggled with addiction? I didn't know that. He didn't kind of, he, when he first came out, he did Did you know that he was like a he was, social worker? No, I didn't. Yeah, so he was a social worker who struggled with addiction. That seems like an oxymoron, right? And, well, you know, the first thing I saw him in, he was a crackhead. I think he did a really great job, so now I know why. So that was his big break <laughs> at the age of 43 in his role um, of jungle fever for Spike Lee. Okay, okay, that's really great. Pop quiz. Do you okay. know who was, who was his girlfriend? In no. that, Mm-mm. Halle Berry. Oh, and Jungle Fever, yeah. the crackhead. They're both crackheads. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Samuel so L. Jackson and Halle Berry, both crackheads. <laughs> yes. Yeah, great movie. <laughs> so Samuel L. Jackson has since become one of the most successful and recognizable actors in Hollywood, but went from struggling with addiction to you know being a social worker and then started just as like a stand-in extra. That's so crazy. And then boom, you get a breakthrough role as a crackhead at 43 and now you're like one of the most recognized men in in Hollywood. And that's the thing that like if Samuel L. Jackson can do that. And and let's just be honest, Samuel L. Jackson is not like this, you know, drop Super dead hot, right, yeah. right? And so entering something like that in your 40s is remarkable because mm-hmm. I think that you would say acting in the beginning is a young person's game right. and you you get as you and as all the great actors we've seen they started in their mm-hmm. 20s and now they're in their 80s al pacino mm-hmm. robert de niro all yep. these people but samuel jackson is a totally different story yeah. right and so that those are things you, you gleam yeah. like inspiration you say well you have to ah, I, yeah i could do this so if celebrities can change their entire career path then i think we can too right. the other thing i do want to say is that in 2023 there's um, like a projection where the kids that that we have that are like in their 20s and 25, let's say, if you're 25 and younger entering the workforce, you're projected to have like six to 10 different careers now. Whereas wow. for our parents, it was like one, maybe two. You know, what, what do you think like you got to get a safe job? You want to get benefits, get a pension. You need a 401k. It was all about loyalty. Right. Right. Now it's like you could have six to 10 different careers. I mean, I look at the you said, what is it? I think it it's the fact that you can start a lot earlier now. There's TikTok influencers that are, you know, five years old. Our nephew, Logan, watches this like toy friggin. I don't know. They break down different toys on YouTube. <laughs> What is the word uh, like where they tell you about the toy? A review. Review, yeah. Um, and they have a full blown, you know, YouTube channel that makes hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, I also think that like the access to uh, information. Yeah. Like if I want to learn how to do something, I can do that really quickly now. Yeah. Where, we didn't have that. Yeah. Go in get the, the encyclopedia. 80s, like you had to take night school. Right. Remember that? Like mm-hmm. people took night school. Adults yeah. have to go to school at night. Now you can just go, oh yeah, I, I, do, I do school throughout the day. Right. Like I'm online. I do it online. Right. Yeah. yeah. The other thing is, is like the same thing for young people who can be influencers. There's an older guy that we follow who I don't even know if he's in real estate, banking, whatever he's retired from. He just gives really great financial tips now and I'm a huge fan of his and my dad like who's been in sales his whole life he's sold cars he's sold mattresses he's a great salesman I tell him all the time that he could teach courses he could go online he could do a TikTok 
and people would listen to him. Right. Why? Because you're a master salesman. Right. And so you have something to share. He just doesn't believe me, and I don't think he knows how to work TikTok. <laughs> but you know, so, that's a guy, that guy you talked about. I, I, I forget his name. We have to pro- look it up because I think it's a disservice to talk about him. Well, we'll put it in the show notes. But, you know, he just popped up one day. Yeah. Right? And and if, I'm sure if we went back and we looked at all his, his tweets or his TikToks, mm-hmm. I'm sure he just started doing this. Yeah. Right? And so... That I think is a, is a, is an example of someone being flexible from a learning standpoint, saying I'll learn this thing, or I will find people who know how to do it really mm-hmm. well. I just have the content, and, and what I'm lo- looking at, I I don't have the fear of failure. Yeah, I don't have the fear of being the old person on TikTok. And if you don't, and you approach it that way, I think that that's when you start to see success because people see that confidence, they see yeah. that aura, they see that wisdom, and they're willing to listen and, and, and follow. And I will say this about the younger kids. I think that this generation of younger people, they really respect and appreciate wisdom from someone else who has done something that they're trying to do or learn. Yeah. And so I think that's why an old guy can blow up on TikTok if he's really giving you value. doesn't matter how old you are. You're like, I got to listen to this old dude he seems successful he knows what he's talking about he's got a proven track record and so i think the days of like the ageism you're referring to where it's like oh we write off old people i don't think that that's the case anymore and we'll talk about that when we get to the love part because i want to talk about my grandmother yeah moving on to the next one you're not too old to learn a new skill so Grandma Moses, do you know who that is? I have no clue. So Grandma <laughs> Moses was a renowned American folk artist who began painting at the age of 78 years old. She began creating like detailed works of art and ma- went on to make these like amazing uh, paintings. And she had a highly successful career as an artist. And her work is displayed in museums across the U.S. today. So she was 78 before she learned how to paint. That's crazy. Like, I mean, I'm trying to do all these new skills when I get older. So I'm excited about that. And I'm sure that that added years to her life. Yeah. You know, I think. She probably just did something because she had the time to do it and was just continuing to develop new skills. And so I love this section. Continuing to dive into things you probably already like and just getting really good at them. Reminds me of this guy. His name is Harland Kane. They called him Big Daddy, and his last name was Kane. Big Daddy Kane, right? So Kane is a legendary surfer who began his career as a big wave rider in his 40s, had never surfed before, and then winds up you know, becoming obsessed with a sport and then eventually becomes one of the most respected, skilled, and talented surfers in the entire world. Wow. Just decided one day, you know, I'm going to go learn this surf thing. And what's so powerful about that is surfing is a physical thing. Right. Like it, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of strength. Yep. A lot of core strength. Mm-hmm. And so it, this is not one of those things where you can sit down and just do it. Like you, you've got to like put in the work. So yeah. I think that's a really Okay. Last one, thing. Laura Wilder. She's best known for Little House on the Prairie books. Little House on the Prairie books were based on her childhood experiences growing up in America on a frontier. She didn't start writing until she was in her 40s, and her first book wasn't published until she was 65. Wait a second. But she went on to publish eight books in a series which are beloved, like it's a beloved series to this day. So Little House on the Prairie was a book series. Oh, not just a TV show? No. Oh, my God. So this woman. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Wasn't a writer, didn't yeah. know how to write, just said, hey, I went through a childhood that seems kind of interesting, wrote about it. It became an eight book series that got turned into a show. And I think that this is the thing where I think if you're listening to this and let's say you are, it doesn't matter how old you are, mm-hmm. as we talked about, like it really comes down to audacity, Yeah, you know, and, I, and I'm sure there, there are so many talented people right now that are not doing anything, mm-hmm. right? Because of these anxieties and fears mm-hmm. of, of, you know, that are in their imagination for the most part. But if they just had the audacity just to yeah. create, mm-hmm. just to put something out into yep. the world, um, you never know. I think a lot of times we write ourselves off. Like, well, oh, I'm too old. Yeah. Who will want me? No one's going to say yes. I don't have any experience in this industry. And I think I want the listeners to really ask yourself, is it that you got a bunch of hard no's? Like, no, this is not going to be a career path you can pursue. Or is it that you're stuck in your own way and you are creating all of this resistance Mm -hmm. that's stopping you from just pursuing it, right? Because in all of these cases, 
I don't know whether it was luck. It seemed like a bit of preparation. It seemed like a bit of, hey, I just want to kind of try this, maybe with no expectations. And then before you know it, something happens and it's a hit. Yeah, that's powerful. Like, so I was I was watching this interview. We've been watching the Wu-Tang Clan, the mm-hmm. saga continues. And so Rizzo was doing this interview, um, and, and I think it was just a few months ago mm-hmm. uh, with Sway. Mm-hmm. And so he said, you know, and it ties to this because I think it's interesting. He said, how did you get eight alpha males to follow you? Mm-hmm. Like, why you? Right. And he said, because I was the knower. And he goes, what do you mean by I was a knower? He goes, I was the one with the vision and I was the one to, to have a plan. Mm-hmm. He said, I just wanted, I had a five-year plan. And that plan, you know, because of the fact that they, I was able to express that and I had credibility with them, they followed me because I saw something they couldn't see. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was I powerful. I feel that way about myself. Yeah, that's powerful, right? Mm-hmm. He said, but what people don't realize with the plan is you got to have determination. Right. And he said, so I was determined to make that plan mm-hmm. work. And then he said, you know, so we we did that. We had a realistic success. He said, the show was a five-year plan, right? He said, I came up with that and said, hey, this is what we're going to do. And he did that obviously in his fifties, mm-hmm. right? Create and become a TV producer mm-hmm. after being a, a music producer, right. right? So that's a shift. But he's. He, it was interesting how he spoke to, about like having a plan and having determination. And I think the big thing is when you're getting older, like you got to check your resilience mm-hmm. because I think that you think you may get into this space, and we have to protect each other with that as we get older. You get into this space, and you and you say, "Well, I, you know, I just don't have the energy." to overcome the setback. I just don't mm-hmm. have the energy to deal with failures that come along with finding success in something. And I think it's all about your mindset around how you accept rejection. Yeah. Like I literally think that you and I are both really good at when someone tells us no, okay, it right. may be no right now, but, I think but you're when one you're, person. But when you're 60, you feel like, I just don't have the time for that. I don't no. have the energy to try to like overcome yeah. this. And I don't know because I'm not 60, but I will say that as I get older, rejection means very little to me now. Yeah. And somebody else not seeing and understanding my vision means very little to me right now. Someone else not willing to help me with something that I'm trying to pursue like, a, you know, hey, the, the buck stops here means very little to me. Like stop yeah. signs don't really mean much to me. Yeah. And that's because of the experience that I've accumulated through entrepreneurship, through my career. And so I think if you're listening to this, like I hope you walk away with a couple of things. One, why not you? Right. Like why can't it be you, right? If we're giving you examples of all of these people who have, you know, gotten into acting, who have written books, started wedding design companies, you know, for wedding dresses, so many things, then why not you? Because I hear these stories and the first thing I think is like, wow, that's incredible. And I don't feel that they're so special that that same luck wouldn't find me. I just feel like it probably means it's going to take a long time or it'll be a lot of perseverance, a lot of hard work. I'm not afraid of hard work. And I think the cool thing is, is that what's working for you as you get older, and and I think we both can attest to that, is that you care less what people think mm-hmm. of you as you get older than you, you did than when you were younger. Yeah. Which means that you shouldn't be embarrassed when you're trying to, to develop a new skill or practice something new or put yourself out there because you've got a certain level of self-worth. You've got a certain level of experiences that have shaped who you are. And so you don't need the validation from other people as much as you get older, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Like hopefully age is giving you the experience of saying, I don't need validation. What I need is feedback. Mm-hmm. What I need is someone to be honest with me and say, hey, I think this needs to be changed, this needs to be changed. I don't need your opinion necessarily right. of whether you think I can do it or not, but I do need you to, 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 to garner support in, in anything that you do is super important. And I think that that is a hard thing for people who get older is to hear feedback, especially from people that are younger than them. Yeah. Right. And so I think that if you're looking at listen to this and you feel like you're getting older and you're trying to change, you're trying to pivot, you're trying to do different things, you got to be open to feedback. And you also got to lean into that fact. Like, I don't care what people think, but mm-hmm. I do want to hear feedback because I think that that's going to help me adjust and, and modify my course if I need to. Yeah. And I think you got to be careful who you take the feedback from, right? Like I could give you a million examples of this, but like you want to start a bakery, let's say you make something really good, you want to turn it into a business. Listening to someone tell you like, oh yeah, it's a great idea, you should pursue that. If they don't have 
the track record of building a business on their own, it might not be a good idea. But let me clarify, because that's good. That's an opinion to me. Right. Feedback is, here's what I saw and observed. Mm -hmm. Here's what I think the impact is of what, that you're doing. And here's my suggestion of how you could do it differently. Well, let me give you an example, because the opposite of what I was going to say was today, I had a one-on-one -on -one coaching call with someone who owns a bakery and was really, really struggling in debt. You know, the business is not making money. And within 30 seconds of me researching her business, I don't think that there is any way to save the business. Right. I think it's built on the on an improper structure. I don't think the foundation is solid. And if you're already wanting to tap out now, there's no real re way to save this. Right? right now, she could get off the phone with me and say, well, I'm going to make it work. Well, mm. then you're going to go in debt another hundred thousand and that might work. Right? right. But based on the numbers, based on your profitability, based on the amount of uh, people that you're serving, based on you know the look of your product, I don't foresee it striking gold anytime soon unless you build more skills. Do you have time to build those skills? Right. right? And she she doesn't. So the point I'm trying to make is people can encourage you to do something that is foolish and then people can uh, advise you against something that doesn't seem like it's checking out. But you could be hard headed and say, I'm still going to go all in. I'm still going to go all in. And eventually I do think those people that persevere, maybe they strike it rich right. somehow. Right. But sometimes math is math. What I think you did that's helpful is that you're giving her evidence-based mm -hmm. feedback. feedback. Yeah. And then you're also suggesting yeah. things that maybe she can or cannot do. Right. But what you're not doing is, is you're not saying, well, I don't think you're going to be able to do it. Right. Like you're not coming from a place of just, right. I'm going to throw my no, opinion around. Data. Right. Yeah. I'm using some factual mm -hmm. things. And I think that that's how you have to dis discern whether or not who is giving you feedback is grounded in some type of evidence, some type of measurable that you can say, okay, I, yeah. I hear that. And if you want to continue and you want to push through, because we know about all those stories around mm -hmm. people who, who defy the yeah. odds mm -hmm. and the numbers were against them, but they had the will to do it, right. 100%. Yeah. I think that those things are out there, but you've got to be willing to take that risk. So she took my feedback and she agreed that it probably wouldn't be wise to continue. And I said, so what I want you to walk away with is a ton of wisdom. Right. You have so many learnings, right? Mm. If you've been in business for 10 years, like you should be applauding yourself because this may not be a viable business, but I hope that you come back to business and now you build it with a more solid foundation because now you know how to build a business. You also know how not to build a business, right. right? I said, so if I could ask you one thing, like what is the one thing you would have done different? She said, I wouldn't have listened to my mom. Like, <laughs> okay, well, there's a lot of steps and I right. want like that was kind of the homework I gave her. Go back and write down the things that you did where you think you made wrong turns, not to beat yourself up, but to do some reflecting because I have no doubt that with your skills, you can come back and build an even stronger business going forward. I love that. I mean, that's the same thing for RZA. Remember when he did that yeah. song and it, got a record deal, got a record didn't deal, sell. Yep. didn't sell went to jail, yeah. came back out and said, I got a plan, yeah. right? And it's so, a better plan. I learned a, my lesson. <laughs> I learned yeah. my lesson. And I think that that's on your side when you get older, yeah. right? So, yep. Okay, so moving on, you're not too old to pursue your dreams and passions. Uh, one that kind of comes to mind is Julia Child. So she's best known for her cooking show and cookbooks. And she didn't start cooking until she was in her 30s. And her first cookbook wasn't actually published until she was in her 50s. Mm. She went on to have a super highly successful career as a chef and a culinary expert. And you can't be in like the culinary world without knowing who Julia Child is. Yeah. There's another guy. I don't know how to say his name exactly, but it's Taikichiro Mori. He was a Japanese real estate investor who at the age of 55... Um, decided that he was going to get into real estate, became one of the wealthiest people in Japan who went to have a, a net worth of over a billion dollars before he died. Wow. Like you don't get into real estate till 55. I We can win. <laughs> like, because we're in our 40s. Like, right. This guy didn't start until he was a senior citizen. Right. That's amazing to me. Yeah. So I don't know. I hear these stories and I get fired up. I'm like, yeah. here I am worried that, you know, we're behind when it comes to investments. I'm like, bro didn't start till he was 55 and he's a billionaire. Okay, yeah. great. 
Also, my cousin, Vicki Frankovich, she didn't meet her, you know, last husband until later in her life. He had a business in construction, which she was not familiar with. She went on to build new, you know, skills around like learning about his business and then took it to whole new heights, but they weren't in their 50s until they did this. Yeah. And so we have seen it with our own two eyes that if you are developing skills, pursuing passions, trying to take those dreams and turn them into realities, it doesn't really matter what age you are. But I will say that I think that things like this favor those who have aged a bit because experience grants you like opportunities, you know, whether it be network or connection or you just have a better like uh, history of like, okay, messed up here. I want to make a better decision. So I do think that you have to tap into your experience and don't discount it. Yeah. I think about it from a standpoint of like, it's almost like the compound effect. Mm -hmm. Like you have a career and like Vicky was in banking, right? And so and did really well there, Mm -hmm. right? And so you have a career and you recruit and accumulate all of these skills, yep. right? But you know you you've you've used those skills if, for a narrow focus, right? So to speak. And so now you, you you think, okay, well, I'm good at this particular thing. I'm good. We're good at leadership. You're good at sales. You're good at you know the baking industry. And so I think that when you shift and you go into something different, although the function of what you're doing is changed, right? The reality is, is at some point you get to use those skills in that yeah. th- in that new thing, and so I don't think it happens immediately. Like I think if 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 I were to shift and do something different, at first I would be a novice, right? I would be learning Brand something new, new yep. right? But as long as soon as soon as I find out that groove and I understand that okay, this is how this functions, this is how this operates, all of a sudden I say, oh okay, come on, skills. Like, yeah. like you get to recall those things upon you. And I think that that speeds you up. Yeah. Right. And so I think that those things are real if you use them. Yeah. Right. But if you're constantly thinking, oh, this is different. I can't use that. Like, I don't think that there's a skill that we, we've we uh, accumulated over the years that we can't use in anything. Yeah. Like, I think we can use in every single thing that's out there right now. Yeah. Where from coding to, you know. If we want marketing, to do, everything, hiring, interviewing, yeah, everything we can selling. We, that's the beauty of like going all in on certain things mm-hmm. and learning a skill because you get to pull it and use it to whatever mm-hmm. you want to use it in. Yeah. So I think that's like powerful. If, if I was in an interview right now and someone asked me a question, they were trying to find problem solving skills. I almost like my brain's like going through a Rolodex. Like I might not get the job because I have too many <laughs> problems that I have overcome, right? Whether it be parenting, whether it be with finances, whether it be from entrepreneurship, I feel like they might be like, okay, that's enough. (laughs) You got too much experience. Clearly you're overqualified. Right. Right. Um, And so I think that people need to be like encouraged to tap into that. The last topic I do want to talk about is that you're not too old to find love. And I say this because I've seen an example with my grandmother. My dad's mom uh, was married for, I want to say, 50 years or something when my grandfather passed away. Um, Maybe she was in her 70s when Mm -hmm. he passed away. She goes on, you know, to, uh, I don't know, I don't think she was trying to find love, but at some point her friends encouraged her to go to some, I don't know, it could have been bingo, right, at a senior facility or something. She winds up meeting this guy, Ed. Uh, They start dating in their 70s. And they wind up being together for like 15 years. Yeah. I mean, to say that you found two loves of your life, that's pretty amazing, right? So Ed decides that he wants to kick the bucket too. And then my grandmother, you know, a couple years ago in her 90s, met someone else who she used to go to uh, live in the same town with, let's just say, uh, when she was in her teen, she was 14, I think, when she met this guy. She's dating this guy now. They're in their 90s, mind you. She said he rides a Peloton and she just enjoys like talking to him on the phone. He comes over for lunch. So for my grandmother to have found love in these massive long-term relationships yeah. over and over, I think it's available for everyone. Yeah, I think it's a matter of putting yourself out there 
not being thirsty, but putting yourself out there, being open to possibility, not being a recluse, not yeah. thinking that the world is full of terrible people, but instead finding joy. And I think if you are putting out good energy and good joy and you're feeling confident about where you're at, regardless of your age, regardless of your status, regardless of who you've lost, I think that good energy finds its way to you. I love this because I think we talk about this sometimes when you look at and you witness people and you say, it feels like they're just waiting to die. Yeah. Right. And that sometimes can start when you're 50s. You mean older people. Yeah. No. Yeah. Some people, they get into this place in life where it's it, their routine has yeah. become their life. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, they're not striving for things like a love. Yeah. They're not striving for a new career. They're not new. They're not striving for a new purpose or new passion or new mission. And I think that that's what life is for, yeah. right? Life is for you living full out. And I think if you get to the space where, yeah, you, you know, if you pass away, it would be heartbreaking for me. But you'd move on. But no. <laughs> but I think that you would want me to continue to live. I would, right? 100%. And I think that you would not want me to sit and just wait to die so I can yeah. meet you again. Now you, on and the then, other hand, you're pretty freaking evil because you have made it very clear to me that if you die, I am not allowed to move on and date anyone. I think that's super selfish. I, You've actually said you were going to come back and haunt me and make sure that you get in between any relationship that I might That's pursue. just an obstacle you have to deal with. But I feel I still want you to live. I want you to live full in out. In fear? No, I just you want, just want you to, to live with someone else. I just don't want you to live as great as you would have lived <laughs> with me. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like that story about your grandmother is very inspiring because yeah. I think she's living because she's continuing to live into her yeah. older age because yeah, yeah mm -hmm. because she's continued to she's live. Happy, yeah. And as we talk about this whole conversation, this whole conversation is to get the most out of life. Yeah. Like stop thinking your age is a limiter for what you can do. Mm -hmm. Like it's not going to limit your life unless yeah. you allow it to. Yeah. And I think that if you go after things, if you, it, the key is to find a purpose and a love in your life and just live full out through it. I think the purpose and the love for your life is like a reverence for life. Yeah. So example would be, I don't think you have to be 50 or 60 or older to resonate with this episode. When I was writing notes about it, I was thinking of the 30 and 40 year olds that feel like they're behind, they're stuck in life, they're stuck in a rut. Why is that? I think comparison, social yeah. media makes these 30 year olds feel like they're behind. They should own a, a property. They should be traveling. They should be making millions of dollars. It's not the truth, right. right? I think that if you're in your 40s, maybe you're married, got a couple kids and you're sick and tired of you know, dinners with the family every night and running kids to school and doing all this like familial chores. It's a lot, right? Yeah. So you can get burnt out. So I think if you have a reverence for life and you're trying to find some passion and you've been married for 15 years, you got to figure out how to start dating again. You yeah. got to figure out how to be re-energized and find some excitement in that relationship again. And so regardless of where you're at in age, I think this comes down to Find something to be passionate about. Find something to go all in about. Find something that inspires you yeah. that you realize it's not too late for me to learn about real estate or finances or to build my credit or to, you know, save up for five years to buy an investment property or to find the love of my life at 80 years old. I think that the sky's the limit. It's just going to come down to how we move about the world and and how we're living our lives, Yeah, how quickly things will find you. I think the goal should be to live a well-lived life. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that that it should go until the until your heart stops. Yeah, and I think that when when it when that day comes and it's over. Yeah, but until then, keep going. We've got big plans. Let's do it. Yeah, let's <laughs> keep going, honey. So let us know if this resonated with you. I hope you guys got something out of this. If you could take two minutes to leave us a review on iTunes, let us know. If this episode or another episode resonated with you, we just want to hear your feedback. And if it was great, share it with a friend. We'll All see right. you guys in the next episode. Bye. Push through with your old ass. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. 
hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.